Sundays this morning, and Matt will bring us a message in a few minutes' time. But first we'll read from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 26. And I'm reading from the New International Version. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. I almost want to burst out in song when I'm reading this. When I was a kid, we'd learnt this song. Peter and John went to pray. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what, they, what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your, or did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed to you or for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who had spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. 
When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. This is God's word. Appreciate it. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. It's good to have an opportunity to share with you this morning from God's Word. For those of you who I haven't met, my name is Matt. I'm also known as Fletch around here as well. I've been here for about 10 years at at Erina, and currently I'm, I'm actually working as an accountant at Compassion Australia. For those of you who don't know Compassion, it's an organisation that works in about 26 countries all around the world. If you want to see a little bit more about what goes on at Compassion, um, tune into Channel 7 tonight at about quarter to nine on their Sunday night program. What they're doing tonight is they're um, going with Dami Im, who, who happens to be one of our, our ambassadors. She's also the, as most people would know, the Australia's entrant to the uh, Eurovision contest th- this year, and she was the runner-up. And what they're doing at the seven, um, at the Sunday night program on Channel 7 tonight is they're following her to, to go and visit her sponsor kid, her sponsor child whose name is Jovi. And, um, and Jovi is, is over in Uganda, and so she's going to uh, visit Jovi and a bunch of other Ugandan kids at one of the projects. So if you want to have a little bit of a look a bit more at what Compassion does, check out quarter to nine tonight on, on the Sunday night program on Channel 7, just as a quick plug. <laughs> but I've got to say, working for Compassion, for me, it's, it's just it's such a great privilege. The line that's up there on the logo, some of you might not be able to read it, but it says Compassion, releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. And it's more than just a line, it's more than just a, a little tagline there. Jesus is at the heart of everything that we do. I love the fact that we can be in a meeting and we can be talking about spreadsheets and accounting stuff and start the meeting with prayer. And we do this because in every decision that we make, we rely on God. Every morning we meet together in small groups all around the office, opening up God's word and devoting our days to him, devoting our work to him that day. Every Wednesday we, we meet together as a whole and we receive teaching from, from people within this ministry as well as friends of compassion. A couple of months ago, Pastor Joel's brother Will came along and he shared with us. Currently, compassion around the world works with about a, one and a half million kids all over Africa, Asia, Central and South America. And they do this work through churches in their local communities. Sponsored kids come along to the program and they're fed. They're given medical help, educational assistance and, and, and much, much more. They come along to these programs and they are loved and they are cared for and through the love of Jesus by their local church. And it is in doing God's work like this that then gives the local church in these communities all around the world the opportunity to share with, with these kids, these families and their communities, all about the love of Jesus and the life-changing message of Jesus. This morning, we're going to have a bit of a look at Acts chapter 3, this, the passage that Nigel just read out for us. This is a passage in which we see Peter and John out amongst the people, and they too were out there doing God's work. And then out of this doing God's work, 
they were sharing the life-changing message of Jesus with those around them. But before I get into this, I want to take a bit of a step back here to, to think about where this passage is in the story of the early church and in the series that we've, we've got into. So, so far we've, we've heard in the, in the first week how the disciples lost Judas and then they added Matthias to their number to, to make them a complete whole 12 again. And last week we, ha- we had a bit of a look at the coming of the Holy Spirit to this group. Now they had God working with them and through them now. And we learnt the rhythm of empty and fill. Empty ourselves of sin and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we have this passage in Acts chapter 2 from verse 42 to 47. And this passage goes through for us what this is now all meant for them as a group. You see, this passage is the state of play for them. Luke lays out for us here what the early church was like in Jerusalem right after they received the Holy Spirit. And it shows for us what they were like and what they did in this period of time in which chapter 3 lies. So because of this, I want to spend a little bit of time unpacking this before we move into chapter 3. So before we do that, let me first pray and then we'll get into to God's word and see what he has to say to us this morning. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have this morning to, to get into your word, to meet with you this morning, to engage with you this morning, to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, help us to do that. Lord, I pray that you give me the words to say. Lord, may these be your words and not mine. Lord, thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's start off from verse 42 of chapter 2. And this is what it says. It says, they, so the believers and the followers of Jesus, they devoted themselves. So they were single-minded in this. Nothing was leading them astray from, from it. They, they devoted themselves to, to four things. So to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So let's have a bit of a deeper look at these four things. Firstly, the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching was, was the message of Jesus. It was about what he did and what he said. They taught who he was and how everything in the current Jewish Bible, so our Old Testament, pointed to him. They taught about his death and his resurrection and how they personally saw him on, on a number of occasions after this. Their teaching simply came out of their witness to Jesus. And this teaching gave them a firm foundation as a group to, to what they believe, believed and how it affected their lives. The second thing that they devoted themselves was to fellowship. They spent time together with other believers. Every day they were together. Sometimes it was a whole lot of them. Other times it would have been just a few. They opened up their homes and they ate together. They talked together. They, they learnt and they prayed together. And excitement would have oozed out of this gathering as they shared stories and they laughed with each other and they cried with each other. There was this sense here that they were doing this together. They weren't in this all alone. They had people there to help them, to walk alongside them and even to, to keep them accountable. This fellowship was just who they were. And what they did. Next we see in this verse that they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Commonly when we hear the term breaking of bread, 
We think of the communion service where we use the symbols of bread and wine to help us remember what Jesus has done for us. And while I'm sure that they, they broke bread remembering Jesus' body broken for them and they, they drank wine remembering Jesus' blood that was shed for them, they would have done this in a similar context to how Jesus gave it to them as part of a meal. There would have been a sense of something really natural and normal here. Every time they ate together, they would naturally see the symbols of bread and wine. And then they would remember what Jesus had done for them. And then they would share stories of him and they would talk about him. In doing this, they were communing with Jesus together. And that brings us to the fourth thing that is mentioned here that they devoted themselves to. And that is prayer. Because this was also a part of communing with Jesus together. They were talking with God, and while they did this individually, they also held a great importance to praying together as a group. Prayer for them was about relying on God. They knew that they couldn't do this by themselves. They knew that they could only do it through Jesus, and so they prayed and they relied. It was these four things that, the, that were the pillars that this group, the, the early church, was built upon. And out of this strong foundation that they had, we read in verse 44 then that, that, that all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and, and possessions to, to give to anyone as they were in need. It wasn't just spiritual here. They were looking after each other's physical needs as well because the whole of a, a person is important, not just their spiritual side. And they were walking alongside of each other and they were helping each other out, and they were being a genuine part of each other's lives. And so from this we can see in verse 46, when it goes on to say that every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved, because they were out among the people, naturally just talking about Jesus and and, and sharing Jesus with each other and then people around them, it became contagious. It rubbed off on those who were around them. And in the end, it was all about, and it all came from, what they were devoted to. You see, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, which was all about Jesus. They devoted themselves to the fellowship of the followers of Jesus. They devoted themselves to breaking bread to remember Jesus' sacrifice. And they devoted themselves to prayer to Jesus. You see, ultimately, while they did these four things, it was Jesus who they were devoted to. By devoting to Jesus using these four pillars, they became deeper and stronger followers of Jesus. That's what we call discipleship, isn't it? For us at ECBC, this means that with God's help, We are striving to be a church that grows followers of Jesus. There are many activities within this church that can can help us to grow in following, following Jesus that we can all be involved in. If you're not currently involved in something that's helping you to grow, then can I encourage you to, to, to seek it out, to have a look for it, to talk to someone and see if there's something that you can be a part of. And maybe for you it means joining a growth group where you can walk alongside other people within this church and encourage one another and teach one another, pray with one another and together grow deeper in, into Jesus. Maybe for you it means inviting someone over to your, your house for lunch after a Sunday service so that you can continue fellowshipping together. 
Or it might be in meeting together with three other people regularly just to, to pray with each other. The opportunities are endless if we are purposeful and intentional. If we are devoted, and not just to these activities, but if we are devoted to Jesus. It's got to be said here that this isn't an excuse to cut ourselves off from the world in order to fill our lives full of activities so that we can show how devoted we are. It's not about that. It's about using these things to go out into the world. It's a foundation block for us. This devotion to Jesus through these various activities should be this... should be this foundation that we have to help us as we go out into the world, as we see Peter and John doing in chapter 3. Because this story that we have here in chapter 3 is an example of what was going on with them during this three-year period. And it shows us what can can happen when Jesus' followers are truly devoted to him while still being out there in the world. So let's start having a look at chapter 3, and and we'll start at verse 1. And it says this, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. It's a great place to beg from. It was the time of day where the the Jewish prayers were happening and it would have been packed there at the entrance and the, the exit to the temples. The people were there to do their duty. They were there to meet with God in his house. What better time to ask someone for generosity than when they're preparing to meet with God or have just met with him. And it was important for the lame man because it wasn't about making some extra coin for him or or making a living. This was about survival. He was there because he was desperate. He was there because he had no other options. There was no social security. There was no Centrelink. There was no insurance. He had nothing, he had no hope. And he was there because he just wanted to survive. He was there to gain enough money to be able to live. So in verse 3, when he he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. This is a practice that he would have done numerous times before before, and something that he would, would have been expecting to do many more times that day alone. And at that moment, in verse 4, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. What a powerful thing for Peter to do here. Because poverty, being in need, being so desperate that you just have to beg to be able to survive, doesn't just rob you of the ability to control your life. doesn't just rob you of the ability to, to live in a bit of comfort. You control what's going on with you. Poverty robs you of your humanity. I mean, let's think about it for the moment. What do people do... Most people do when they see someone there on the side of the road looking dishevelled, on the side of a footpath even, and, and, and asking for money, please help me. Most people, they ignore. Most people, they, 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 they might look at them, but only to stare. And at the moment that the person looks back, most people look away again. Some people even cross to the other side of the road to avoid them or at the very least start speeding up as they go past them as if they don't even exist by stopping, looking, looking right at him and talking with him. What Peter's doing here at that moment is he's giving him back his humanity. It's as if he's saying to this man, you are worth stopping for, you are worth looking at, you are worth talking to. 
So in verse 5, the, the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. What a letdown this would have been for the man. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll look to the next person. But Peter continues and he says, what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. What? Do you not know who I am? Do you not know why I'm sitting here? What I've been through, I, I can't walk, I, I can't stand, I've never been able to do it. But in verse 7, taking him by the right hand, Peter, he, he, he helps him up. Hang on, he must have thought. What's going on here? Hang on, I, I can't, hang on, hang on, I can. I am standing, I'm up on my feet. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong and he jumped to his feet. How surprised would have he been? Thinking, what's going on here? Maybe I can do this. Maybe this has actually happened. I've never done this before. I've been like this from birth. And now here I am, I'm standing. And in verse 8, he began to walk. Then he went with them and he went into the temple courts and he was walking and he was jumping and he was praising God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I can walk. Wow. Peter had given him the ability to actually walk for the first time. It wasn't what he asked for. It wasn't what he expected. But it was what he needed. And while Peter knew that he couldn't give him what he asked for, and he couldn't give him what he expected, and he couldn't even give him what he needed, he knew that Jesus could. So he called on the name of Jesus. He called on Jesus' healing power, and he did this act in Jesus' name. Peter didn't just try to save his soul. Peter engaged with the whole of the man. He engaged with him holistically. And in turn, it helped him survive in, in both this world and the next. And in doing this, Peter showed us all that God cares about who we are and our situation in life as well as our salvation. Now, while this miracle affected the lame man the most, it also affected those who saw it and those who heard about it. In verse 9, we read that when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I want to tell you about a girl named Heather. She was 15 years old when she had the opportunity to make a difference. That opportunity that, that God had given her was to sponsor an eight-year-old boy from Uganda through Compassion. His name was Richmond. And two years earlier, his dad had been murdered in a botched robbery. Richmond and his brothers and his sisters... They were left to scavenge in the streets for leftover food just to survive. But when Heather sponsored him and he started to attend the Compassion Program at the New Life Baptist Church in his local area, his life changed. Heather encouraged him through her letters. She was constantly telling him that he was loved. She was constantly telling him that he was made in the image of God. And through the program, he received health care and education. He received food and, and more along with love and hope. For him, this was a miracle that God had performed through Heather and compassion. From his life in the slums, full of extreme poverty, full of illness, full of loss and hopelessness, Richmond is now a university lecturer 
in accounting, where, where he trains the students all in Uganda, all about ethical accounting in a place known for its financial corruption. He is now the senior pastor of the New Life Baptist Church. That's where he, he, became, he became a, a compassion, compassion kid. That same church, that's where he attended the program. He's now the founder and the head of the Pastors Discipleship Network in Uganda, who continue to train over 4,000 pastors all over East Africa. And with his wife, Rosette, he is now the sponsor of another Ugandan kid. It's an amazing story of how God worked through Heather to release Richmond from poverty in Jesus' name and how this small act of engaging holistically in the life of an eight-year-old boy impacted the life of this man and how it impacted the life of many thousands all over Africa and I'm sure over the world. You know, God places in front of us all situations and opportunities that allow us to engage with people where they are at and with who they are doesn't matter what they've done, whether we morally agree with them or not. These opportunities are often difficult and, and they're often hard, but if God has placed them in our lives, then he has also given us what we need to be able to actually go out and do it. As, it, as he did with Heather, he provided for her the means to be able to support this eight-year-old kid. As he did with Peter and John, <laughs> Peter couldn't commit a a miracle? He couldn't do that. Yet through Jesus' power, Jesus gave him the ability to do it. Jesus performed the miracle through him. So after Peter had performed this miracle on the lame man, who was still with them at this point, in verse 11 we see that all the people were astonished and they came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. They wanted an explanation. They wanted to find out exactly what had happened here. I mean, how could this man who they had known, who couldn't walk, be suddenly walking and jumping and praising God like this? Peter sees a chance here to let them know why and how he did what he did. So in verse 12, when Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power and godliness we made this man walk? He was pointing them away from himself. Instead, he then went on to point them to Jesus. Verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. And further down in verse 16, he says, says it a little clearer. He says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was, was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Peter is very keen to point them all to Jesus. All Peter had here was faith. All he had was faith that Jesus could do it. And from that faith, all he did was pray. He prayed to Jesus. He called on his name. It was Jesus who had the power here. It was Jesus who healed him. And Peter, during his sermon here, throughout the rest of this, this passage, he let them know exactly how far they were from God because of what they had done to Jesus themselves, simply because they acted out of ignorance, because they didn't understand, they didn't get it, even though the prophets and the law and, that they all loved had been pointing to Jesus all along. But they didn't get it. 
They didn't follow him. And they actually had him, had him killed. So Peter then calls them. He says, well, in verse 19, repent. Turn away from your ignorance. Turn away from your sin and turn to God. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. This is the rhythm that Joel was talking about last week from Peter's sermon at Pentecost. It's right there again. Empty and fill. Empty yourselves of your sin. Repent. Be forgiven. Be refreshed and filled. What a powerful message Peter gives us here. No matter what we have done, God is bigger than our sin. No matter what we have done, he is bigger than our sin. No, ma- no matter what we have done, he can make us right with him again. It's a message for them right there and then. But it's also a message for us today, isn't it? Something that we all need to hear. But what I find interesting here is that it's a message that he gave all because he first helped the lame man. He gave this message because he helped the lame man first and all he was doing was, was sharing, okay, well, this is, this is why I did it. This is how I did it. He engaged with this man holistically and then he shared. Three years ago, I was on a, on a trip with Compassion to Indonesia. Now, at the end of this trip, because I was in the, the general vicinity, I went over and visited my, my family's sponsor child, Maria, who was over in the Philippines. It was close enough. I visited the project that she was a part of and where she lived, and I also visited with her mum, Lydia. And as I visited with them, I could see the difference that my family's sponsorship of, of $48 a month made to this whole family. When Maria came to this project, she was helped. She was given the assistance she needed. But when she came to the project, she didn't know anything about God. Her, her family didn't know anything about God. They, they knew nothing about Jesus. But through the sponsorship that we have provided for her and through the, her local church in loving her, caring for her, providing for her what she needed to, to survive and, and, and to thrive... She has now met Jesus. And through the local church, answering the question of, why are you doing this for my child? Answering the question of, why is this family all the way down in Australia doing this for my child? The project, the people there were able to share the reason. They were able to share about the love of Jesus. And Lydia has now also met Jesus and become a Christian as well. You see, this is the story of what happens when you engage with someone holistically in their need and then share with them why you are doing what you are doing in a respectful manner. When we do this well, they get to meet the reason. When we do this well, they get to meet Jesus. And this is happening all over the world as as compassion works through the local church through Jesus. The local church then has the opportunity to share with their community the love of Jesus. A fantastic thing, fantastic thing to be a part of, both as, as an employee but also as a sponsor, to see what they do there. And, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about compassion this morning, and I wasn't intending to, when Joel first asked me to preach this morning, I wasn't intending to talk about compassion. And then he gave me the passage, and I read the passage, and you know, it just fits in so well with this passage devotion 
devoting to Jesus, engaging holistically, sharing why. This is what we do at Compassion. And, you know, I I would love you to come out of this sermon this morning wanting to sponsor a child and and change your life. And I would love to talk with with anyone after the service more about this. If God has placed this on your heart, and I'd love you to jump onto the website, compassion.com.au, and sponsor a child and make a difference in a child's life. But if that's where you stopped this morning, I haven't done my job. Because while doing this through compassion... It's a fantastic, life-changing thing. I also want us to think about how this works in our lives, in in our local context. You see, like Compassion as an organisation, like Heather, like like Richmond, like like Darmy, along with Peter and and, and John in in our passage this morning, we first need to be devoting our lives to Jesus. It is this deep devotion that changes our lives, changes our hearts to to be able to then engage with other people holistically, caring for them, loving people where they are at and who they are, no matter what they have done, no matter what they are doing, but loving them. And then when the time is right, sharing with them why you are doing what you are doing. And I won't lie to you, this can be difficult. And like Peter healing the, the, the lame man, it, it can be impossible for us to actually do. We can't do that by our own. We can't do this on our own. But with God, all things are possible. With God, he is able to work in us. He is able to work through us. And he is able to use us. Our role is to simply go and, and, and devote, to engage, to share. In Jesus' name, God is able to use us. Let's let him use, use us this morning. Let me pray. Lord God, we just want to thank you this morning that you give us opportunities, opportunities to, to work in people's lives, to be a part of people's lives, to, to care for and love people for who they are. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to do that. And Lord, when they ask... Help us to then share why we do it. Because we're doing it for you. We're doing it because of you. Lord, thank you. Lord, help us to devote our lives to you. Help us to follow you. Lord, thank you. Help us to devote, to engage, and to share. Thank you, Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.